0: Welcome back, everyone, to the Football MD Podcast. Today is episode 33. Thank you guys for tuning in. Week one of the fantasy playoffs is behind us. It was a bit of a crazy week. We hope you guys survive to the next round. And if you didn't and you're still listening, we thank you guys so much for the support. On today's episode, we're going to be recapping every game from this past week and getting you guys ready to make all of your start-sit decisions for hopefully the semifinals in your fantasy playoffs. But first, make sure that you guys are following us at Pod on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. We're always putting up tons of content up there to help you guys with all of your fantasy decisions. But we have a lot of games to get through, so I'm just going to hop right into it here starting with Thursday night. The Jacksonville Jaguars falling to the Tennessee Titans 30-9. And this was a super disappointing showing for running back Leonard Fournette. He's the only guy that you should be trusting on the Jacksonville Jaguars. And the Titans really haven't been an ideal matchup for running backs. And of course, the Jaguars were down three offensive linemen. But regardless, you are expecting more from Fournette. Hopefully, you survived his down game. But I'm still trusting him to finish strong against the Redskins and Dolphins over the next two weeks who have both struggled against the run as of late. And for the Tennessee Titans, if you missed this game or somehow haven't heard, Derrick Henry absolutely exploded. Now I still have Henry as a higher end running back 3, lower end running back 2. Aside from this game, he hasn't topped 12 carries since way back in week 3. I definitely have some more confidence in him. He did look like the better running back than Deion Lewis, but he's still not involved in the passing game so that really has me struggling to move him up too much from this one single performance. And other than that, quarterback Marcus Mariota, he looked bad. Corey Davis was obviously affected by that, especially in a tough matchup against Jalen Ramsey. So, But this is just an inconsistent offense. Uh, I don't have too much to take away from this performance. Hopefully, you don't have too much invested in them for the fantasy playoffs. But now we'll hop right into our next game, the New York Jets beating the Buffalo Bills 27-23. to and my only takeaway from the Jets side of the ball for this game is Isaiah Crowell. He left the game with a foot injury. It doesn't look like he'll be playing in week 15. And in his absence, Elijah McGuire took 17 carries for 60 yards. I know that's not great, but he did find the end zone and pulled down three receptions for another 23 yards. I do think that he's worth an add, but they play the Texans this week. So even if Crowell does miss this game, McGuire just a desperation play that, you know, he might see upwards of 20 touches in this game, hopefully. So you're really just chasing the volume there. And then on the Bills side of the ball, Josh Allen rushes for another 100 yards. That ability definitely keeps him as a streaming option. Although he clearly has a long way to go as a passer, and I will cut him some slack with the options that he has in the passing game. But regardless, I still have a pretty tough time trusting him outside of daily fantasy or two quarterback leagues. But if you are in a tight spot, that rushing ability is definitely not the worst thing to have to rely on. And now for our next game of the week, we have the Carolina Panthers falling to the Cleveland Browns 20 to 26. This was the fifth Straight loss for the Panthers. And other than Christian McCaffrey, I really don't have too much trust in the Panthers offense. Curtis Samuel had a nice day catching four passes for 80 yards, but without a big 33 yard reception, he was really just three for 47. So we know he has that big playability, but that's not something I prefer to rely on. However, rookie wide receiver DJ Moore, he continues to be heavily targeted. Not a huge day here, but I still have the most trust in him going forward. And of course, we can't ignore nine receptions on 11 targets for 77 yards for tight end Ian Thomas. He's definitely on the streaming radar. I know that the Saints this week, they've been pretty tough against tight ends on the season. But outside of the top five guys, you really don't have much to lose at the tight end position. So I have no problem rolling with Ian Thomas going forward. And then on the brown side of the ball, it was kind of a disappointing game for quarterback Baker Mayfield, but he still played well completing 18 of 22 for 238 yards and a touchdown. Just not much for fantasy purposes there. And of course, Nick Chubb, he had his fifth straight game with a touchdown. You're starting him every week. And we did say to start Jarvis Landry this week. Hopefully you guys listened. He had a long 51 yard touchdown run on top of three receptions for 50. 57 yards and another score coming off of a big day last week where he caught six receptions for over 100 yards. I have him as a borderline wide receiver, too, the rest of the way against the Broncos this week, who remember they no longer have Chris Harris Jr., and then the Bengals in week 16, who you really just start everyone against. I don't think that Landry necessarily has a huge ceiling like we saw this week but I think he'll be more than serviceable to rely on for the rest of the fantasy playoffs and then tight end David Njoku he disappointed again against a team that allows the third most points to tight ends but like I said with Ian Thomas there really aren't any streaming options out there that I would trust more than the talent of David Njoku and next up we have the Atlanta Falcons falling to the Green Bay Packers 20 to 34 and as we said last week, Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, maybe Austin Hooper as a streaming option. They're really the only options that you can trust week in and week out. Tevin Coleman and Ido Smith in the run game, they completely split carries. Smith had 11 carries for 60 yards and Coleman had 10 carries for 45 yards. I don't think that Edo Smith is taking this job over. I think you really just don't know who it's going to be on any given week. This is a completely split backfield and it's an offense that I just don't really want to rely on. The Falcons aren't able to sustain drives. It doesn't look like they're firing on all cylinders. So as I said, outside of Matt Ryan, Julio Jones, and Hooper as a streaming option at the tight end position. Those are the only Falcons players that I'm willing to slide into my lineups at this point. And from the Packers side of the ball, I really don't have much. I don't trust this offense either. Devontae Adams and Aaron Jones are really the only guys that I'm starting every single week. I know that Randall Cobb caught a touchdown, but you really never know who it's going to be. So this offense outside of Devontae Adams, Aaron Jones, of course, I'm not going to tell you guys to sit Aaron Rodgers. He hasn't played great as of late, but he's still one of the best quarterbacks in football. But outside of those three guys, I'm completely avoiding this offense as well. So now we'll hop right into one of the more exciting matchups of the week. The Baltimore Ravens falling to the Kansas City Chiefs 24 to 27. And on the Ravens side of the ball, quarterback Lamar Jackson did not look great, but they did come close to winning this one. And I'm not going to act like I know what the Ravens are going to do at the quarterback position. So this entire offense could look very different this week if they do decide to rename Joe Flacco as the starter. Of course, as long as Jackson is behind center, I'm not trusting any of these pass catching weapons. But if you've made it to the fantasy semifinals, I doubt you're relying on any of the Ravens pass catchers. So let's hop right over to the running backs. And Kenneth Dixon actually looked pretty good. He was on the field for 21 snaps compared to 31 for Gus Edwards. And I really thought Dixon looked like the better option this week. Edwards had 16 carries for 67 yards, while Dixon had just eight carries, but for 59 yards and a touchdown, plus he added one reception for 21 yards. This will definitely be an interesting interesting situation to monitor as there will certainly be some fantasy viability this week up against the Tampa Bay Buccaneers whose run defense has really just been non-existent up until this point. And on the Chiefs side of the ball, this is another situation where the run game really seems to be the primary concern for most fantasy owners. So I know Damian Williams found the end zone twice, which is definitely frustrating for Spencer Ware owners, but but I thought Ware looked like the much better running back. He had 15 carries for 75 yards on the ground and added five receptions for 54 yards through the air. I have confidence in him going forward, but he did briefly leave this game and Spencer Ware did not practice on Tuesday. They are playing Thursday night on a short week, so I don't think it's anything too concerning that they gave Ware a little bit extra rest, but 100% something to monitor. I 100% think Williams is worth owning just in case. And Tyree Kill was also on and off the field multiple times with wrist and foot injury, so definitely have to monitor his status. As I mentioned, they do play on a short week. I think Chris Conley could be an interesting option otherwise but he was actually outplayed by Demarcus Robinson here. I don't have their stat lines in front of me. And while I do think that Conley is the better player and he could put up a big game here, there's certainly no one that's locked in for production if Tyreek Hill were to miss time. So now we'll hop right into our next matchup, the New England Patriots falling to the Miami Dolphins 33 to 34. And Tom Brady probably had his best game of the season, statistically speaking, with 358 yards and three touchdowns. But I definitely expected more from the run game in this matchup. 20 carries for just 57 yards for Sony Michelle. I didn't think he looked bad, but it was just a weird day. He had another touchdown vultured by James Devlin, and the Patriots were having plenty of success moving the ball through the air with cornerback Xavier Howard out for Miami. And then you have running back James White. We've been saying that he's tough to trust going forward. Back in week eight, he was playing on 86% of the Patriots offensive snaps, and we've seen those numbers decline all the way down to 44% this past week. He actually didn't have a single carry and I think it was just one catch in the entire first half of this game and he finished the game with just two catches. He's also now failed to pass 10 PPR points in three of his last four games. So it's definitely disappointing to see him not put up the numbers that he was providing for your fantasy team earlier in the season, but I still love his talent as a player and and I do think that he could bounce back this week against the Steelers. I'll probably have him in the lower end RB2 range going into this matchup, but definitely not the running back one that we had earlier in the season. And then on the Dolphins side of the ball, I really can't believe that they pulled this one out. Kenyon Drake, he got the touchdown on that ridiculous play at the end of that game. If you somehow missed it, make sure you go back and watch that play. But otherwise, Drake had just six carries to 12 carries for Frank Gore. So i really don't know how you can trust him going forward somehow he has nine total touchdowns on the season despite his lack of involvement which does keep him in that running back three range but i really just have such a tough time starting him with confidence especially going up against minnesota this week he's a full avoid for me and then in the passing game kenny stills had himself a day his route running looked great and he caught eight of nine targets for 135 yards and a touchdown this was his second consecutive week with a touchdown but again going up against the aforementioned Vikings this week, and then they have the Jaguars in Week 16. So I really don't know when you're going to trust Kenny Stills going forward or the rest of this Dolphins team for that matter. But with that being said, we'll hop right into our next game, the New Orleans Saints beating the Tampa Bay Buccaneers 28-14. to On the Saints side of the ball, quarterback Drew Brees, he's Really, he hasn't looked great on the road, and he definitely made some big mistakes in this one. He finished with just 201 yards, one touchdown, and an interception. That's definitely not what you're looking for in the first round of the fantasy playoffs. And and even in the run game, Alvin Kamara and Mark Ingram, they didn't have the type of days that we expected. The Saints actually had just six rushing yards in the first half. Now they both finished with serviceable double-digit performances and they definitely didn't ruin your week but like I said they didn't win it for you either like you were hoping for in such a positive matchup but these guys are great players. They likely got you to this point so you just got to roll with the down games. It's not likely that you have better options so just hope they bounce back in another plus matchup against the Carolina Panthers this week. So now we'll hop right over to the Buccaneers side of the ball and Cameron Bray caught just two passes but both were in the end zone so you're definitely happy there. Brace is one of those guys. I lock him in, set it and forget it every week as long as Jameis Winston is the quarterback. But the rest of the pass catches were kind of disappointing. Adam Humphreys, just four catches for 42 yards. He did almost find the end zone. He got tackled at the one yard line. So that would have been a very different game for him there. Then Chris Godwin saw 10 targets, but he caught just one of them for 13 yards. That definitely kills you if you were relying on him this week. And Mike Evans, he was okay, four for 86, but a lot of that came on a big 36-yard reception. And I really don't know how I feel about the Bucks going forward for fantasy. They have some really tough matchups against the Baltimore Ravens and the Dallas Cowboys coming up. So I'm honestly not very confident in any of these offensive weapons going forward. Of course, you're rolling with Mike Evans. And Breit, of course, the touchdown upside is always there, but it's rough otherwise. Even for Jameis Winston, who's been pretty solid, I really don't think he's a must-start going forward. So... I think tough times ahead for the Buccaneers offense and next up we have an NFC East matchup with the New York Giants beating the Washington Redskins 40 to 16 and there's really not much for me to take away from this game Saquon Barkley of course he's awesome and without Odell Beckham Jr Sterling Shepard found the end zone but still just two receptions for 17 yards otherwise and Evan Ingram had a long 39 yard reception that definitely helped you out if you started him in Beckham's absence but nothing that I'm willing to put stock into going forward it does seem that OBJ will be back this week. So other than Barkley and OBJ, as we say every week, you're not trusting any other part of this offense. And I also don't trust anyone from the Washington Redskins right now. Adrian Peterson, he just looked horrible and I mean, that offensive line is just decimated, so I really can't even blame him there. And if you've made it to this point in the fantasy season, I'd be really surprised if you've been relying on any options on the Washington Redskins offense. And now that they have fourth-string quarterback Josh Johnson behind center, you're definitely not relying on them. So maybe Vernon Davis, I guess, if Jordan Reed misses time. Vernon Davis has looked serviceable in limited opportunity this season, but that's still only if you're in a really tight spot. I think there are still more reliable streamers out there for you. And next up, we have the Indianapolis Colts beating the Houston Texans 24 to 21 and it was a huge day for T.Y. Hilton with nine receptions for 199 yards. Of course, you're trusting him, you're trusting Andrew Luck and Eric Ebron every single week. Then in the run game, Marlon Mack, he did find the end zone, but just 33 yards on 14 carries otherwise. He's been trending down in my opinion. We said that he's just a running back three option going forward, especially against the Cowboys here in week 15. And before I move on from the Colts, I do quickly want to mention Zach Pascal. He's clearly passed up Ryan Grant and seems to be the number two wide receiver in this offense right now now. Of course, you're only starting him in super deep leagues, but he is a name worth mentioning. If Andrew Luck's going to continue to throw the ball a ton and if you can predict a matchup where T.Y. Hilton's going to be locked down with a really tough cornerback, I could see a situation where Zach Pascal has a pretty nice game. So just someone to keep your eye on, not someone that you're going to be sliding into your lineups in week 15 of the fantasy playoffs for sure. And then for the Houston Texans, it was a pretty rough game for quarterback Deshaun Watson. The Colts brought a ton of pressure, and he just didn't exploit any of those opportunities. It just seemed like he either didn't recognize the pressure was just holding onto the ball for too long trying to make something happen but I'm not really buying into this performance he's still a lower end quarterback one for me going forward and in the run game Lamar Miller he did find the end zone and had five receptions so he was all right for fantasy but he didn't look great by any means I think we went into the fourth quarter with like nine carries for three yards something along those lines the Colts have just been really tough on defense and they managed to hold DeAndre Hopkins in check as well he also found the end zone late in the game but But other than that, just four catches for 36 yards. However, this is another situation where they play the Jets this week. So I'm really not concerned about these guys. I think they're all going to bounce back and be solid in your fantasy semifinals. And up next, we have the Cincinnati Bengals falling to the Los Angeles Chargers 21 to 26. On the Bengals side of the ball, it was a great game for Joe Mixon. 26 carries, 111 yards with a touchdown, plus five receptions for 27 yards. He scored with less than two minutes left in the game on a drive where... The Chargers, they really knew he was getting the ball and they just could not stop him. He really did look impressive. But other than that, though, the offense really continues to struggle with quarterback Jeff Driscoll. John Ross continues to catch touchdowns, but he's had more than just two receptions just twice this entire season and has only reached 50 receiving yards just once. So that's not something that I want to rely on in the fantasy playoffs. And Tyler Boyd had a few insane catches in this game. The numbers really weren't there for fantasy, but I expect him to remain a fine flex or wide receiver three going forward, especially with their upcoming schedule against the Oakland Raiders and the Cleveland Browns over the next two weeks. But other than that, I really didn't Learned much about the Bengals team here. They're exactly what I thought they were. It was nice to see Mixon's talent shine a little bit, but these guys are right where I've been projecting them at and nothing that I saw in this matchup is going to change that. However, on the Chargers side of the ball, this is another situation that everyone has their eyes on and Austin Eckler, he clearly outproduced Justin Jackson in this matchup this past Sunday, but he did suffer a concussion and the Chargers came out today stating that they are not optimistic that Austin Eckler or Melvin Gordon will be playing on Thursday night against the Kansas City Chiefs, who have allowed the fifth most fantasy points to running backs on the season. So if that is the case, I think that rookie running back Justin Jackson is a borderline must- play so hopefully you've already had him picked up he's been on our waiver wire targets list for a few weeks now so hopefully you have him and if it comes out that Jackson will be the starter he will 100% be a player that I highlight on our Saturday episode and give you guys kind of a range of players that we would start him over or other players that we would start over Jackson to let you guys know where to slide him into your lineups but now we'll hop right into our next game of the week the Denver Broncos falling to the San Francisco 49ers 14 to 20 and with a Manuel Sanders out for the season. It is Cortland Sutton time, but oh wait, Tim Patrick gets nine targets of which he caught seven for 85 yards while Deshaun Hamilton, who also had nine targets, found the end zone and Sutton, of course, he has just two receptions for 14 yards. Of course, this happens week one of the fantasy playoffs. Hopefully, you guys were not relying on him, but this passing game, I guess Tim Patrick, Deshaun Hamilton, I guess they are worth having on your fantasy team, but I don't know which one of these guys you're going to be able to trust on any given week there's such a short amount of time left in the fantasy season so I think if possible, you're better off just avoiding this situation altogether. And then in the run game, it was definitely a down day for Philip Lindsay. We said on Saturday's episode that it was a tougher matchup than people expected. Of course, we did not recommend sitting him and he did find the end zone to salvage his day on top of a few receptions. But even in a down game, he's more than serviceable for fantasy. So you'll take that any day of the week. And outside of Philip Lindsay, there really isn't anyone else on this Denver Broncos offense that I'm trusting in the fantasy playoffs outside of very deep leagues. So now we'll have right into our second NFC East matchup of the day. The Philadelphia Eagles falling to the Dallas Cowboys 29-23. On the Eagles side of the ball, Josh Adams was pretty disappointing. As we said, he's more of just a flex option going forward, especially with Darren Sproles being worked in. And speaking of Darren Sproles, he showed that he clearly does still have some juice. And although it's not an ideal option to be relying on with Corey Clement now moved to IR, of course, I think that'll lead to some increased opportunity for Josh Adams, but he really has been getting minimal work in the passing game. So I think Sproles in a PPR league, he could be a viable flex option if you're really in a tight spot. So something to keep your eye out for there. And otherwise, in the passing game for the Eagles, Alshon Jeffrey found the end zone, but I'd still have a tough time starting him with confidence going forward as I think he's really going to be relying on that touchdown to make your day. But the Eagles do play the Rams and the Texans over the next two weeks, games where they should struggle to run the ball, and it could be a shootout against the Rams, and the Texans secondary is certainly exploitable, but outside of Zach Ertz, I'm really just hesitant about this entire offense. Then for the Dallas Cowboys, Dak Prescott, he's been a bit up and down as of late, but much better since Amari Cooper joined the team. I wouldn't be thrilled to be trusting him against Indianapolis this week, but they do play the Tampa Bay Buccaneers in week 16. And then Amari Cooper and Ezekiel Elliott, are every week must starts. I mean, you guys don't need me to tell you if they're on your fantasy team, you've seen the box scores, you've seen the points, you're rolling with them every single week going forward. And next up, we have the Pittsburgh Steelers falling to the Oakland Raiders 21 to 24, and Big Ben was on the sideline for a decent portion of this game, which definitely impacted Antonio Brown's fantasy production. Josh Dobbs was just flat out not good, and of course, Juju Smith Schuster crushed some playoff dreams with his monster performance. I Barely escaped a matchup in one of my leagues playing against Juju. But again, Ben Roethlisberger, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith Schuster, you know that you're starting them going forward. It's the run game, once again, that everyone really cares about here. And Steven Ridley vultured a goal line touchdown early in the game, which was a bummer for Jalen Samuels' owners. But other than that, Ridley had just five carries for four yards. I think he only played eight snaps in this game, so it was all Samuels who. Didn't overly impress me on the ground, 7 carries for 28 yards, but he did have 7 receptions for 64 yards. That 100% has me optimistic for him going forward if James Conner continues to miss time. I don't think that Samuels is an elite NFL running back, but he is more than serviceable in his role as a pass catcher, especially for fantasy purposes. And then on the Raiders side of the ball, Derek Carr, he actually looked all right with 322 yards, two touchdowns, his second solid game in a row now, and I know they play the Bengals this week, which is a great matchup, but I don't care. Derek Carr and this whole offense is just volatile. They perform well in bad matchups and then put up duds in good matchups. It's not something that I want to rely on, especially in the fantasy playoffs. I'm all about mitigating risk here unless I'm really outmatched and I just have to look for some upside. And I don't even think Derek Carr provides too much upside. So avoiding the entire offense outside of jared cook he's the only raider that i want to start every single week you know he's going to get the targets and he's now gone for over 100 yards in two straight games and he scored in three of his last four so that's really all you can ask for at the tight end position just a really strong season overall for Jared Cook up until this point. But now let's hop right into our next game of the week, the Detroit Lions beating the Arizona Cardinals 17-3. to And I'll keep this one short. I really can't see myself feeling great about any of these guys in the playoffs. LeGarrette Blunt had just 12 carries for 33 yards and he lost a fumble. We said that he wasn't startable even in a plus matchup. So hopefully you avoided the false appeal of that one. And wide receiver Kenny Galladay had just two catches for four targets on five yards. I mean, Really outside of weeks 10 and 11 where he found the end zone, he really hasn't been startable since their bye in week 6. The Lions offense has just been brutal all around. It's tough to sit Kenny Galladay because I do love his talent, but I don't know when I'm going to feel great about any of these guys going forward. And the same thing goes for the Arizona Cardinals. It was nice to see David Johnson catch eight of 10 targets, but he took them for just 12 yards. So incredibly inefficient. Hopefully if you guys have made it to the semifinals of your fantasy leagues, you aren't too reliant on any guys from either of these teams. Like I said, Kenny Galladay, he's going to be tough to sit and I'll probably still have David Johnson as a mid-range RB2 going forward just for his work in the passing game, but definitely not what you drafted him to be this season. And next up, we have our Sunday night game, the LA Rams falling to the Chicago Bears 6-15. And this was just two good defenses playing against two quarterbacks that really looked like they were struggling in this matchup. Of course, Mitchell Trubisky's down day was overshadowed by Jared Goff's 180 yards and Four interceptions that certainly ruined some playoff dreams, but I really don't have any takeaways from this Rams team. I'm not going to avoid any of these guys going forward. If you have them on your team, they likely got you to this point in the fantasy season, so you're going to fire them right back up next week. This was an anomalous performance. There's that crazy stat that Jared Goff always underperforms in games under 40 degrees, and maybe it's true, but the boys are back in town, back in LA against Philadelphia, an exploitable secondary in week 15, so. Hopefully you survive this one, but fire them right back up this week. And then for the Chicago Bears, not many takeaways here. Jordan Howard had what may have been the quietest 100-yard rushing game all season long. He still went without a touchdown or any work in the passing game, so it wasn't a huge day for him. And... Tariq Cohen, he makes some plays, but really just not a lot of fantasy production from this one. I think that the guys that you've been starting, and at this point you should know who those guys are, they're going to be fine week in and week out. And if you are concerned about them going forward, make sure you tune in on Saturday. And I'll tell you exactly where we have them projected for Their upcoming matchups but we have one more game to get to here the Minnesota Vikings falling to the Seattle Seahawks 7 to 21 and this was just a really tough week for the Vikings who were held to zero points throughout the entire game until running back Dalvin Cook scored one of the most garbage time touchdowns that I have ever seen which I am sure ruined or I guess made the night of a lot of fantasy owners but This offense really just couldn't get anything going, 4 for 76 for Stephon Diggs, 5 for 70 for Adam Thielen, and I actually think Thielen didn't get his first reception until like the third quarter. That's just not going to cut it, and he has slowed down a bit as of late, finishing outside the top 20 in 4 of his last 5 games. This is after finishing inside the top 10 in 7 of his first 8 games, but I do think that this team bounces back next week against the Miami Dolphins. Thielen will have a great matchup in the slot against McCain, Miami will likely be without Xavier and Howard once again. And the Dolphins have not been great against the run by any means. So hopefully you survive this one because I do think that better days are ahead. And have been on the Seahawks' side of the ball, just 72 yards passing, zero touchdowns, and one interception for quarterback Russell Wilson. I've been saying that this is why his low-volume passing attack has concerned me, and this was the type of performance that I was worried about. And while I'm not expecting this to be the norm, Wilson has thrown for less than 250 yards in 11 of his last 12 games. So that is a little concerning, but with San Francisco and Kansas City up next on the schedule, I think that he'll be much better than he was this past week. And speaking of the low volume passing attack, while Wilson had just 20 pass attempts, the Seahawks actually ran the ball 42 times. And it was all Chris Carson going for 90 yards and a touchdown on 22 carries. But other than that, the Seahawks had seven pass catchers combined for 72 yards and zero touchdowns. So really just a rough day all around here. But like I said, their schedule does get better. So make sure that you're tuning in on Saturday morning to get all of our final projections for all of these players. And with that being said, that is all that I have for you guys today. Thank you so much for tuning in. I do hope that I was able to provide some valuable fantasy insights into every game from this past week and get you guys ready to continue dominating throughout the fantasy football playoffs as always make sure you're following us at football md pod on instagram twitter and facebook our exploit and avoid options are going to start going up today to help you guys make your start and sit decisions and always submit your questions to us again at football md pod on instagram twitter and facebook or at the contact us section of FootballMDPodcast.com. We love hearing from you guys. We love helping you out with your personal lineup questions. So make sure you keep sending them over to us and make sure you keep tuning in. As I mentioned, our next episode will be on Saturday morning to get you guys ready with everything that you need to know for your week 15 matchups. Until next time, guys.